Welcome to episode 16 of the Travelling Wellness Show. Let me introduce you to Glenn Micro Hall, the ex-pro athlete turned coach who is making waves in the world of surfing with his unique approach to leadership that certainly seems to be paying dividends. With surfing now confirmed as an addition to the 2020 Olympics, opportunity for the current world elite is certainly hotting up as big brands bring along big money and the prize purse continues to grow. But with big money comes big stress as athletes seek to ensure higher levels of their own self-mastery, literally pushing the limits at every turn at the world's most dangerous surf locations. In the world of Glen Hall, however, he is as much about the journey as he is the result. But don't for a minute think that this is some soft new age approach because under his wing, Micro's athletes are dominant across world stages. Literally feeling his way as he goes, Micro keeps his athletes' feet planted securely on terra firma, keeping deliberate consciousness around the reality of the lifestyles that these guys lead, the travel, the idyllic locations, the ever-changing cuisines, the people, and of course, the waves. Perfect waves. From the Rip Curl House in Margaret River, I bring you a bloke who fell into the role of coach but never actually read the handbook, Glenn Hall. This episode is proudly brought to you by PSC Cell Charge. Would you like to drastically boost your energy, improve your recovery, increase sleep quality, fight stress and improve brain function? Organic Fulvic Mineral Supplement Cell Charge is used by thousands of professional athletes, top performing business professionals and everyday people all around the world and is frequently referred to as their number one supplement. If you're interested in any of these benefits, I urge you to check out cellcharge.com.au. And yes, we ship worldwide. Please enjoy today's episode, and I'll see you next week. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Okay, guys, we are recording. Welcome to this episode of the Travelling Wellness Show. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSE Supplements. And today I'm blessed to be back in the gorgeous southwest region of Australia here in Margaret River. And I'm talking to a guy uh, who's a cool guy with a very, very cool story. Uh, Glenn Hall is one of the very few that can uh, claim to have been an elite professional surfer um, here in Australia. He grew up on the Central Coast in my hometown, and he's now pushed all his efforts towards coaching. So retired as a pro, uh, moved into a role of coaching, and now looks after some of the world's most elite surfers across both male and female competition. Um, last year, um, Tyler Wright won the 2016 WSL um, Big Award. Um, brother Owen this year won Snapper Rocks um, Comp Number One. So obviously, Glenn's doing something well. So from uh, from the Micro Surf Academy, Glenn is the owner, the founder, the employee, the employer, <laughs> the only guy. <laughs> and I'm glad to uh, welcome Glenn Micro Hall to the show. How you doing, Micro? Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah excellent. Nice to meet you, mate. Long way from the Central Coast. Yeah, we're on the other side of the country, so it's um. Yeah, it's beautiful here, though. Yeah, and how funny, mate, all these years. You know, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. 40 years of age. You lived on the Central Coast, never come across you before. But we know a lot of people in common. And I guess uh, what I'll do, Mike, I was just start there. Um, it's been a, a massive, massive, massive 
career for you in many ways. Um, you weren't someone that was just blessed with walking straight on to, at that time, the ASP, now the WSL World Tour. Um, you worked your crack out surfing local comps and you know, beaches and reef breaks with you know, uh, a lot of the, the shredders around the, around the coast. It's been a very, very long time, and uh, behind your story is, um, like a lot of stories, a love story. Uh, the support of a wife and um, someone who was willing to support you in your endeavours to, to be a pro surfer and to get to that level. Um, how tumultuous was that, that process for you? It was, a long, it was like 10 years. Did it take you to get onto the tour? Yeah, for sure. It was, um, thereabouts? It was 10 years attempting on the, um, on the WQS, but <coughs> it was a lot of years before that of... Um, Surfing around the Central Coast and doing some trips and pro juniors and just yeah. kind of developing as a kid and yep. and getting to know the world and and figure out who I was and what I was doing and yeah and then on the QS obviously like your your goal is to qualify. which is the qualifying series for our our yep. listeners yeah yep sorry it's the yeah the qualifying series which is you know in the goal to get to the the world tour which is only you know in the top thirty two in the world so yep. that was obviously the um the competitive goal but I was never that stressed on it anyway I was just I mean I was traveling the world with some of my best mates and yeah surfing epic waves and yeah, loving it for sure and then on some of those trips taking my wife around and then eventually taking my um, my first daughter and after that my second daughter so it was mm. like you know it's been a it's been a long path of competing in events but you know in a, an unbelievably fun journey and you talk about the process of finding out who you are you know like this process of uh, critical self-evaluation how much has travel and surfing offered you that opportunity to learn about who Glenn actually is? Oh, for sure, yeah. I couldn't speak uh, highly enough on, on what travelling does for you as a person to, to figure out who you are and what you enjoy. And mm. and growing up, especially being young and travelling the world, you, you grow up pretty fast. And you, know, when you, you learn how to deal with people from different cultures and... and yeah, speak languages, get stuck yeah. in France, not knowing how to order a croissant. <laughs> For sure, yeah, all those little things of like, you know, and you, you come across some hurdles that are such small things, but they're a big hurdle, you're on the other side of the world and you've got no one to lean on and yeah. turn to mum and dad and ask, it's it's fun and doing it with your best mates, it's definitely a good laugh. And In many ways I can almost uh, imagine a cross-correlation between that and surfing, you know, when surfing you also don't have control, it's you and mother nature. Um, Obviously, wave pools now may change that in yeah. the future, but uh, you know, certainly until this time, um, it's you know, travelling, uh, swell reports, moving from location to location, trying to hunt down that perfect wave, get that picture, get the front page of the magazine, and um, you're also not in control. For sure, yeah. And then you know, in travelling halfway around the world to to hope for good waves and get there on its average, and then mm. surfing an event and lose lose first heat, and you you got to toughen up pretty quick and. And find the positives. And How do you cope with that kind of a loss? Obviously, I guess you're you're looking for the positive, but what's what's the positive in uh, you know getting knocked out first round? Yeah, well, I I suppose being on the other side of the world with some of your best mates and the opportunity to to check out a new country or a new a new town in a new country that you haven't been to and and um yeah, I just always thought back to the mates I grew up with would at home you know and being a tradesman or lifeguard or whatever saving up money to go to exactly where we are yeah you, you were there yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was like oh no I never found it that hard to get to get over the the loss and I just kind of you'd ring mum and dad and they'd be like oh sweet go and go and enjoy it yeah and it was you know it was the life lesson I thought absolutely so let's talk a little bit about your own adversities as a competitor before we get on to your role as, uh, as a coach uh, 2013 was a difficult year for you um I think you dug fire coral out of your back for, for months after getting slammed on the reef over there. And was it restaurants or was yeah, it restaurants was restaurants? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. 
a known uh, treacherous break there. Breaks in very, very shallow water. And, uh, you know, one I know a lot of guys love, but it's a, it's a treacherous break. So sure. you uh, not only suffered the fire coral damage, but you uh, broke some vertebrae or something off, uh, off memory. Yeah, so that was my, my first year on the on the world tour after after trying for so long to get there and then third event in or yeah, third or fourth event in I was um I was off to an alright start too for me. So I was kinda like cruising along and, and really enjoying it and then um yeah, had a had a bit of a stack at, at restaurants and um hit the reef and near you know, a fractured three vertebrae on the right side. So mm. it was it was the end of my year. Pretty did quick. you know you were in trouble straight away? Yeah, I did, but it was weird. It was like I just tried to paddle back out and I was like kind of thinking to myself all right it's just like kicking the shit yeah. and I'm going, why's my foot numb <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, it was weird it was a really weird feeling um physically like it felt like my bottom half of my body was just floppy mm. and it was a big wave coming and I had to kind of get back on my board and paddle back out through the waves and I just remember thinking if I don't get through this one because it was quite it was a big wave yeah I'm coming. fucked yeah I was like my bottom half of my body is just going to be washed to the shore and mm. And I got through it luckily and then was out the back and I, I paddled back out the back slowly and yeah, I was just thinking to myself, it's like it's just like kicking the shin, it'll 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 go away soon and I mm. slowly got out the back and I tried to sit up and I couldn't sit up and then I paddled over to Geordie Smith who was the, the guy I was competing against and I you, asked him, you win Geordie. <laughs> yeah. I was like thinking to myself, Alright, I've got this, I'm I'm sweet and then I asked him, I was like, Oh he asked if I was alright and then I said, Oh, I just hit my back. Is it is there anything there? and like I expected him to like look at my back and think, oh my God, it's written off. And he goes, oh, there's a couple of little scratches. So I was like, all right, I'm sweet. Yeah. I sat there and then I pictured, you know, I, I tried to like sit there, for, give it a couple of minutes, and then a little wave came and I was thinking to myself, all right, if I can get up on little one, I'll just test it out and see how it goes. So I turned and paddled for a little one, and something in my brain just wouldn't let me catch the wave. All I could picture was me not like lying down, not getting my feet nose diving, and just going straight in the reef again. It was mm. it was a weird. A weird feeling there. Your brain was just telling you, just don't even attempt to catch this wave. And then that was the end. I sat there and hung out in the back and chatted to Geordie for a while. And then got jet skiing, came in, and yeah, that was the end of my. And that my was year. it. <laughs> that was it. How uh, how difficult and uh, you know tumultuous was that recovery from that process? Obviously, but you've got that massive sense of loss, right? You you're on the world yeah. tour. You know, yeah. it's been ten years in the making. You're surfing well. You're surfing against Geordie Smith, you know, someone who you probably had looked up to, I would imagine, from a long point as well. Yeah. Probably was on the QS with him for a while. For sure. And uh, here you are now having to worry about a, you know, 6, 12, 18-month recovery process. Yeah, for sure. That was, um, the competitive part was hard, but, you know, I'm, I don't put competing and, and surfing above family and, and living. So it was kind of like the hardest part was, Good on you, mate. Right before I went away, I just bought my first house. So I was like... Oh, no. And my wife was at home with our first daughter, um, painting and, you know, and cleaning, ripping up the carpet. So she wasn't in Fiji at the time of the nah, injury? She, so was, she was at home painting. So it was... Um, I got home and she was pregnant with our second child. So she was, you know, at home doing the hard work. And then uh, when I got home, the hardest part for me was, you know, being told you just got to lay out and just yeah, rest. do nothing. Do nothing and then... I've got a house that's like this old banger that needs needs all this work, and I've got a pregnant wife and another daughter who wants to be mm. carried to the park and mm. carried to the car and everything. How, how do you surrender to that? I just I just didn't I just did it, and you know I was I mowed the lawn the second day I got home, and I was like <laughs> my choice is either mow the lawn or watch my pregnant wife mow the lawn. So yeah, and that like obviously in hindsight 
is why I'm probably a bit sore today than I should be, but mm. it's the way it is. It's like, for so, me, that so, was more important. So was your WSL career um, fractured at all by that? Excuse the pun. Like, did you end up having to leave because this back was just so much of a re- recurrent issue? Yeah, if, uh, yeah. basically, that was the end of my career. I, the, the year after, I had um, some wild cards into events, which were um, like kind of a handout to say, you know, when you... Once you're back, you'll be right. And then I I served in a few, but I was like so far from 100% that I was just basically surfing through pain. That um, yeah, well, I wasn't ever near 100% of being the, the level I am. I wasn't the the freak of nature who could sacrifice 50% and still do well. So yeah. I um I did a few events, and that was. And then the year after that, I got an injury wild card for the whole year. Yep. So I just I took the wild card knowing that this would be my last year. I'm not stressed on on really giving it 100%. I'll yeah, just go, and, and surf. Yeah, go and enjoy it and take the family around the world. And mm. It was really cool and I got a few little results and, and had a good time and um, yeah, but it was kind of, once I had my back injury, that was that was the end. Mm. Mate, as the saying often goes, um, everything happens for a reason. For sure, yeah. And, you know, not everyone gets the opportunity, I guess, to go from uh, pro athlete to, you know, coach of pro athletes. Tell us about that transition, um, you know, was coaching something that you were always interested in, good at? Was that always, you know, the, the mental process or was it something that kind of just found you along the way? Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a thinker. I always, you know, in trying to analyse analyse surfing and analyse, like, ways to, to perform better and mm. and not um not in a way of, like, you know, when it consumes my life, but, like, if I do something, I, I like to think about it and, and do it well and... Mm. And um, when I was I was injured about I don't know, eight years or maybe six years before my back injury with a, with an ankle, and I was out for the year, and I started to coach some of the local kids just while I was off for the year and and make a little bit of extra money. And the kids weren't actually trying to get anywhere in surfing; they just wanted to surf, surf good. Yeah, they're local. Surf better. So yeah. I, I did that, and I really enjoyed it. Like I'd like to to help these kids, but probably six months into that, I was like thinking to myself. I started to feel guilty. I was like, "Do these kids really think they want to like make the tour?" And and I'm giving them false false hope. False hope. And yep. I was like, "Oh!" And then I I spoke to their parents, and they were like, "No, like we just we're stay. loving it." Yeah, yeah. we're they're coming home happy, and yeah, they love being around you, and and we're happy that they're out surfing rather than at the mall or stealing stuff around the corner or whatever. So yep. and uh, when I kind of thought about it that way, I was like, I got more into it. I was like, if I can have an effect on these local kids. Um, in that way, I'm psyched, and mm. you know, I, I kind of spent my two hours with them more psyched on just making sure they were happy and they were enjoying their little, you know, enjoying their week and mm. kind of going to school and doing well at school and, mm. and all the little things. And I and I really enjoyed it. And then from then on, it snowballed into you know, more time with those kids, and then more kids came involved, and and then eventually there was a couple of good good little um, hopes coming out of the Central Coast that I started to coach and. Yeah, and then I kind of got to kind of blend the both of my surf knowledge and my my love for helping kids to to do well in life, and um, yeah, and then that's kind of got into world tour athletes. It's become your soul's purpose now, and <laughs> you sure. love it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. That's brilliant. Tell me, um, when did the big break come? Like, you know, when did you pick up like the, the likes of Wilco? And I know Wilco was probably a mate of yours, but when when did you pick Wilco up? Um, you know, why did you pick Wilco up? What was it they were searching for, and what were you capable of offering? Yeah, so Wilco was, um, he's always been a, a kid from the same area. I watched him grow up and I watched him do well as a junior and then 
kind of dropped the ball a little bit with his um with his talent he had and he's he kind of lost his way a little bit with um with kind of having too much fun on the road and not, <laughs> not putting a little bit of effort in. So we all, we all like the lad in Wilco yeah, though. Yeah, hundred percent. So do I. And I was <laughs> I was never about changing who he is. Just refining it. Yeah, refining it, yeah. bringing it back to the mill with a bit of balance and um yeah. So at the end of every year, my friend uh, Ace Buck and, and I would um kind of give Wilco the come oh, man, you, you're better than that. Like, you yep. know, we don't want to see you keep going down that path for another five years. You, it won't end well. And yep. and for those years, he was he was just hanging on tour, and it was like always a, a worry that if he falls off tour, then what? Then yeah. how bad What's going to happen to him? Yeah, of course. So then, um, you know, in the end of the end of every year, we pretty much had the same com- conversation. And then at the end of the year, when I got the wild card and I was going to be on tour the, that year, and I kind of wasn't so focused on doing my thing, I was like. I had this, almost the same conversation, but it kind of sunk in a bit more. And mm. I actually wrote this kind of self-evaluation program probably five years before that. One day, just when I was thinking about Wilco on a plane, I was like, I really want to find a way for him to him to realise himself rather than us keep telling him, you know, come on, you're better, you've got to do this, this, mm. and this. It was a way for him to sit back and go, all right, I, I should do this, this, and this. And it was the same thing, but him tell himself and... And I, I got the opportunity to sit down and use that with him, and then, um, and from then on, it kind of sunk in a bit different and sunk in, in deeper for him to be able to kind of realise, all right, I do have this skill, and I'm, I'm taking the piss a little bit here. Mate, he's <laughs> got the best back backside in the game, doesn't he? Seriously, like his backhand attack, places like Jay Bay and and uh, and the like, he's he's mental. Hundred percent, yeah. He's he's got, he's got way more. Well, clearly now he's proving it, but he, he always had that ability, and he he never kind of. Never gave himself the chance to show it, really. Mm. So, what's been the what's been the prime change using Wilco as an example beforehand? He was kind of, you know, a bottom of the rank contender, like you said, always sort of, you know, vying to stay on the tour. Now, of course, he's proving uh, his talent. What's been the major shift? What have you had to work with most with someone like Wilco? Probably the balance of his life. Like it's there's there's obviously the Wilco is at the end of the scale where he was just living. Yeah, party fangy. lifestyle and just, <laughs> just also enjoying the travel. Yeah, enjoying enjoying everything, and just not not kind of being able to look in the mirror at the end of the day and go, yeah, I'm I'm giving it a good nudge here. I'm I'm doing everything I can to do well, and I'm enjoying it. It was just straight up getting the end of the year, and he just had the best time ever. But kind of not not being able to look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm I'm giving it a go. Like I'm doing my best. Mm. And then obviously there's the other end too, where the guys just go so hardcore on training and fitness and health, and and don't even enjoy the journey. The journey, and don't, yeah. yeah, don't smell the roses along the way, and yeah. So for Wilco, it's just kind of bringing in balance in his whole life, and he's seems happier and healthier, and mm. as a result. And, and do those same sorts of themes cross over? Let's use Tyler as an example. You know, Tyler's been a, a powerhouse from the beginning. Um, once again, though, she seems to have refined under your leadership um what's been different there yeah i think she came from a bit of a um i suppose an upbringing upbringing of um have been told it's kind of it's all in and there's no there was no not no fun but you know i mean it was all there was no um no balance in it and she was pushed to go the other direction towards wilco and and she kind of dug her heels in she's got a pretty firm personality and (laughs) and um (laughs) Yeah, and she just didn't like it, and it, it almost sent her away from surfing altogether. So, wow, that'd be a shame. Oh, for sure. And then, yeah, it's proof, proof now that you know, with her ability and and all she needed was a bit of balance in her life, and and she's 
She's as happy as she can be, and she's winning world titles. So there's that word balance again. It's inter- yeah. interesting we have that talk because you know my my listeners uh, understand that I'm a firm believer in balance, and that, you know it's funny. You know some people think that balance itself. Um, is not right because you're only doing things sort of well half the time. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But just explain to me um, your take on balance and, and what is the essence of a balanced lifestyle for anyone, let alone a professional athlete? What are you looking for in balancing? Well, for, yeah, it's, it's a... It's I, know, a I know it's a complex question, but I, I want to sort of, you know, dig in that brain of yours. Like, what is balance? What's it look like? For sure. Like, it's, it's probably is a good way of putting it where, you know, when you, you're not giving ev- everything 100%, you kind of like... You know, and you can look at it and like, all right, well, he's not balanced. He's like doing everything 70%. But mm. I've just got this theory. If you get in the end of the year and you've given it, you can, you're able to look yourself in the mirror and go, all right, like I'm I'm doing everything I can and I'm staying happy. I'd rather that. Yeah. I said to all my guys I coach that I want you to get to the end of the year and I want you to be able to say, that was the best fun ever. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I want the results to be good, but I want the I want you to want to go again and want to feel like you've you can look at look back in every heat, every event, and go, yeah, I've, I feel like I prepared as good as I could, mm. and I feel like I um, enjoyed my time at that place, and and there's a fine balance between it all. I feel like that was that was the goal, and it's kind of I don't know it's I could just be getting lucky, but the results are showing, and and they get into no. the end of the year, and they're all psyched, and and there are events when we go there, and the results are terrible. Yeah. You know, and Tyler's had some. Some early round losses too, and and she's like, sweet, like, you know, break down, talk about the heat, and then kind of move on, and and still and sit there and enjoy the friends who are going well, or mm. enjoy the town we're in, and mm. and I feel like that's what balance is, and and not just putting all this all this effort into one thing, which is like the events or the or the training, and then that's I look for longevity, and I don't think you're gonna get it if you if you just go full hardcore. Mm put the floor on um on your surfing and your training and you're going to burn out and especially with certain pers- personalities and I know that I know that Tyler won't last long if that's the that's the approach yeah mate I love the fact that you're looking um for longevity you know yeah. and uh, I must say it's refreshing um I know you know it's certainly under the WSL it's it's a big ticket item these days there's a lot of money in the sport there's a lot of sponsorship in the sport there's a lot of that kind of um pressure that comes with um you know the commercial component of uh, of any business model but it's nice to know that uh you know you're talking about hey you know like we're in France or we're in Portugal or you yeah, know yeah, we're in sure. we're here you know like yeah. let's let's sort of you know suck the marrow out of it and go and have a look at what the town's got to offer let's totally. sample the cuisine and have a look and I yep. think that's um it's nice because you know I guess looking at someone like Kelly as an example or, or even Mick there needs to be that longevity yeah in totally, a career yeah for sure the um you know I, I said that to the crew when I first first started the job I was like look I'm pretty new to this but mm. I just can't look you in the eye and tell you that all I want you to do is just just train, surf just yep. surf and train and don't enjoy life because I don't believe in it so yep. I was yep. like I don't know if that's the wrong thing to say as a coach but yep. it's just the way I'm going to roll so how much of your coaching because uh, I, I love that about you I've got to say like you're, you're talking my language but how much of your coaching is still actually about you know um putting turns together in the water how much of it's still about you know um, having to um, ascertain local knowledge where to sit you know where the boils are where the rocks sit how much of it is is having to do that background and how much of it is actually trying to just um, you know insert this balance into the athletic mindset yeah for sure I think the 
the surfing element and my knowledge of surfing is um is definitely a part of it. But yeah. I, I feel like yeah. Well, you're not shooting hoops, are you? <laughs> so like it's always different, you know. And like For knowing sure. a break, knowing a town, you know. I would imagine you're the bloke that comes in, um, would work out swell direction, wind direction, you know, whether it's going to barrel or not. What you know, what links should look like, what the judges looking for. It's a subjective sport, right? For you know sure, what I mean? and so, that's, that's I suppose the knowledge I've got from coming to all these places over the years and and being around surfing and understanding judging and the criteria and all those little things but to be in the right the right mind frame and um and the right preparation and and it, all those messages don't sink in if they're all wound up and they're feeling the pressure anyway so it's mm. you know it's kind of works hand in hand mm. yeah it's amazing um if you don't mind um you know just looking at, at Owen as a good good example um everyone knows it's um you know massively publicized of course he's had some some recent issues with an injury um, having to come back now and surf Margs, having to go down there and surf Snapper. Um, you know, what's been the general you know change you've had to work on with someone like that who has suffered an injury and now has to come back? You know, with a level of confidence. Yeah, I suppose with Owen, uh, it's it's really trying to make him feel comfortable about being back around this this environment and um, mm. and and filling him with confidence. And it's not fake confidence; it's just like he is really good and he's mm. he's back where he should be and, and yep. kind of really um, drilling that home with him is, is has been a big thing for me so far and I suppose it wouldn't be just like that if he wasn't serving good. Yeah. He can't, can't sugarcoat it, but he is serving really good so I'm just kind of like giving him his confidence and then making him feel um, making him feel comfortable on the road and fortunately he's got a, he's got a girlfriend and a, and a new baby and yeah, his, it's amazing. his lay days, he's cruising, he's wandering the streets with his baby and it's, yep. it's really cool so it's, I'm just kind of trying to help him, encourage him to to enjoy that part and not stress about like having to be down there every day and mm. and yeah, trying to trying to pass on my my belief of having a balance and, and understanding that his relationship and his child should come first. Mm. His servant stuff's kind of second second to all that. Have it's, yeah, it is, isn't it? In reality, For sure, you know, yeah. like when you open the cover of tracks or something, though, people would assume that it's not. But um, sure. I love that. Have you been able to find balance in your own life? Obviously, now you're traveling the world. Um, you know, you've got the two kids. You got another one on the way. It's it's busy, busy world. For sure. How do you go about finding balance in your own life? Yeah, I, I just kind of live by the the whole thing that you know, traveling the world and and all that comes second to my family and my and my kids as well. So it's like. You know, and every every time I'm going away, there's a, there's a kind of expiry date. I can only be away for so many days before it's just too hard, and it's not cool on the kids or the mm. wife, and then myself too. So it's um. Has it been hard on your relationship? It's not hard on the relationship because if it got hard, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But it's um it's hard at times, you know, and just being away. But that's the same as you know, and if I was away for two days and it was a tough day, it's a tough day. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. so it's um. It's it's hard at times for sure, and and you know definitely when there's a week of lay days and you're thinking the kids are going to discos and mm. all, the, all the fun stuff that you don't want to miss. But it's um yeah, but you know I, I definitely I hold my relationship and my kids before anything. Yeah, and in many ways, I guess it's no different than uh, the reality for any breadwinner, right? For sure, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Whether like, you, whether you're in Fiji or whether you're in you know Sydney an hour and a half away, a hard day is still a hard day without you. For you sure, know? yeah. And then yeah, when I get home, luckily I can kind of like go to everything the kids are doing and, and be there 24-7. Yeah, and is it a lifestyle that you can include your wife on much? For sure, yeah. Fortunately, the, the crew that I'm working with are, are unbelievable and they're, they're welcoming of my um, my wife and my kids. Your and clan, yeah. yeah my whole, my You're whole filling tribe. some bedrooms up now, aren't you? <laughs> For sure, that's why um, 
it's that to me makes me more stoked than than any results is the fact that they like welcome them in and yeah you know, I mean like next week I'm staying with Tyler with um just my wife my kids for five nights she was like yeah I'd love you to come and awesome and, yeah yeah and obviously we got a couple of ratbag kids that she could look at like a distraction but she sucks she loves it and I get I get a real kick out of that I guess in many ways though it's got to be quite refreshing right you know like a, an athlete can come home to a house that's you know all calm and zen and they can meditate all day long but it's not real is it For sure. you know what I mean exactly come back to a place there's a few kids that are you know doing dumb kid things yeah. and it's sort of uh, it, I think on some levels that must actually Downregulate anxiety for, for these sure. people. Yeah, know? definitely, and especially on the late days when when they kind of like just cruise along, you you go down, you have your surf, and you focus, and you come home, and you got six hours to, to hang out, and yeah, it's just this build up of, of anxiety, I think. And if you got kids, it's just the biggest. Well, I'd imagine if you're travelling nine or ten months of the year, and there's never any kind of real living in it, yeah. it it's it would be a full disconnect, wouldn't it? Do you totally, know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you're right. You said, for instance, Tyler comes from this big background of people that, that surf and stuff, and there'd have to be shenanigans. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Things that go on in the household, you know? So it's it's nice to be able to see that, um, you know, that regulation. 100%, yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. And, yeah, it's just it's cool to know that the crew that I'm working with is such real people that they, mm. they don't put themselves higher than, than the real world and the yep. real life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and family orientated, you know, sure, which yeah. is good, makes it easy. What do you uh, what do you look for in an athlete, Glenn? You know, obviously, um, you know, you've worked with, you know, the guys we've mentioned. There's been like Connor Coffin and some of these sorts of guys you've done some directional work with. Um, as a coach, obviously, you're here to fill a void. You're here to obviously be able to uh, mentor these people um, in all areas of their life in order to get the best results and to have this level of balance in their life that you talk about. But uh, obviously, um, you know, when sourcing athletes or sourcing coaches as certain variables need to be considered like you know um you know mindset lifestyle choices personalities these sorts of conflicts that can be there what do you look for in an athlete and what is it that you offer an athlete what do you believe yeah i'm actually really um really picky with with who i want to i want to be around and that's for um yeah like my whole approach isn't just all about results and um and having these big pressure of build up, you go to an event and no one talks and everyone's just all serious and psyched. Like it's just not my approach. So I'm, mm. I'm really, really conscious of who I work with. With um, you know, and if they've got a good balance in their life and they can kind of take the approach of, of my advice of you know, in coming into an event with good preparation and, and good, good happy energy and 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 then breaking down the event after it, whether it's a win or a loss, and yep. move on and then keep What do we learn? What yeah. can we take from this? Yeah, yep. so it's, a, it's basically having that open mindset to, to learning and moving forward and, and getting through the year with um without any kind of huge stress on results. And, mm. and I feel like that's that's been a, a big learning curve for everyone and, and it's, it's definitely working. And do we, do we celebrate the results still? Yeah, for sure, but you celebrate the learning as well. Like, you mm. know, if there's been some heats that, over the last couple of years with the crew and and there's been some real kind of like light bulbs go off and you know, I mean things that I've been trying to like trying to work on and then if those if they come into play or you know and it's whether they did the right or the wrong thing but the light bulb goes off and they're like all right now I get it that's that mm. was it and mm. like we celebrate that as well you know yeah, nice. and, but yeah obviously you celebrate the results but um but yeah, you celebrate a year as well. Like it's you know when you're going around the world and we're all high fiving every every day. It's sick. Yeah, I it's unbelievable, it. isn't it? Yeah. Tell me, uh, I know when uh, you know from a business perspective, when someone um, 
takes on a, an ambition or, or, or a role, they generally will um, work it in a way where they see a need or a demand. So let me ask you, your approach, which is very much about, you know, balance and, you know, respecting that life cycle and respecting uh, all aspects of the self and, and, and the like, would you say that is a typical approach of a coach or would you say it's the opposite and you have now sort of brought that in based upon a need that you saw that was there? Yeah, that's that's the part where I'm learning, I suppose, because I don't know what the what the textbooks say about coaching. I don't <laughs> I don't study it, I don't read it, or whatever. I just I just feel like that's you know the lifestyle we live. We we're traveling nine months a year or whatever it is, and and in my head, that's that should be the way we do it. And and I just feel like it's you know not seeing these guys stoked and and you know when coming out of the, each event happy and psyched to go to the next one. And yep. I, I feel like that's the the other approach of really winding up these big moments and um and and filling them with pressure and and um having too much on their shoulders I just feel like that's that's not gonna it's not gonna last long absolutely you're gonna, you're gonna burn them out and you kind of you're gonna have a strained relationship between the coach and the athletes as well yeah so what do these guys do to actually um, attain this balance. So obviously, you know, we're, we're surfing three, four, five hours a day when the surf's good, I'd imagine. You know, sure. you're working on refining manoeuvres and, and the like. Um, you've got, obviously, um, sponsorship and media um, requirements that obviously yeah. take athletes away from what they need to be doing. Um, how do they find, you know, their, their balance? I, I suppose it's all in their attitude. You know, and if, if they have a good attitude towards all these things, like these, these commitments of... Um, signings and yeah and sponsorship commitments and press conferences and stuff that's all, that's all part of the deal mm. that's, that's what comes with this lifestyle they got and um they've got, they got to pinch themselves a little bit yeah, too i'd imagine for sure and then you know <laughs> and then the waves are good it's not hard to be happy then and, and then if the waves are bad they're the days where you got to go all right well this is this is part of the job as well and yeah yeah and um is, yeah. There, a, is there a better job though right than a dream tour seriously oh. like for a surfer you know like you spend your days growing up at your local and, um, you know, I guess the rights are not much different than you and I. You know, they're surfing a local beachy on the south coast. We're surfing beaches on the on the New South Wales central coast. And all of a sudden you get told that, you know, every few weeks you'll be at another perfect location. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's, I was actually chatting about it this morning with um, Steph and Steph Gilmore and Tyler Wright about, you know, we are just talking about golf and tennis and, and just the, their lifestyles are brutal compared to what we do. You know, when they... They're from one event to another, I think golf was like forty events, yeah, forty tournaments a year, and you know, and it's Thursday to Sunday's the the game, and Monday's travel day, and Tuesday, Wednesday's hitting balls. So it's like, yeah, and yeah, no you, balance there. Nah, for sure. So it's like it's not hard to to put a bit of effort into our sport, and, and at the end of the day, they're they're their own bosses. So mm. it's you know, and it's it's just asking them to have a bit of self discipline, and then mm. I just kind of guide that and and try and help them with a bit of direction. How much of this flows outside of sport to just normal life too, Glenn? You know, obviously um, you're in a role of mentorship, but um, you're also just a bloke away from being a coach. Um, when you're sitting around with your mates having a beer or whatever else it might be, um, how much of this same knowledge do you find just imparts into, you know, general guidance for living? For sure, I think it's it's all straight across the board. You know, in balancing life, balancing your surfing, balancing your training, balancing your diet, I, I, mm. that's the way I believe it. it will kind of keep you happy for longer and, yeah and um yeah i feel like it, it flows right on right on through to your new normal life and your relationships and yeah and I, I hope that they end their career 
just as happy as they are now. Reminds me of uh, a thing my 94-year-old grandmother told me probably you know, over 20 years ago now. She said, you know, everything in moderation, even moderation. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, I, it's funny that sometimes it's those little things that someone imparts on you that um, you know, they're throwaway comments at the time. But when you look at it, certainly on reflection now, yeah. uh, and talking to you and, and talking to you know elite, elite athletes and people that train elite athletes, someone in your position, um, I just love the fact we continually come back to exactly oh, the same sure. things. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like it's like, not rocket science, really, is it? 100%. It's, it's not rocket science at all. And, <laughs> and it's um, yeah, it's, it's always it's right in front of you every day. And yeah, yeah, from you know, your ninety-four-year-old grandmother to your kids prove it prove it to you every day. Mm. What do you do for yourself, Glenn? So obviously, I know you're a dad. Um, as a dad, I know it takes up a lot of time, and you know you're fathering athletes, which is you know just another few kids really to look after. What do you do? What's downtime for you? Well, um, I try don't and say surfing. I, I try and surf <laughs> a little bit, but I'm um, you know, I had a bit of a gap year last year. I surfed. I surfed in the the warmer. Uh, locations where the waves are better, but yeah, now, clever I'm, boy. Yeah, now I'm trying to like you know and train a little bit and and hang out. But honestly, like my my time hanging out with the crew that I'm working with is I legit enjoy it. Like yeah, on on site or or at home we're cruising, hanging out, and yeah, and I just try and stay stay active and surf and yep. train a little bit. My my little goal here was that train every day or if I surf twice in a day I don't have to train. So. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> How do you guys go for training? You know, yourself or any of the pros? Um, obviously going town for town. What, what are they doing? You, you dragging around, you know, like fit balls and things or, or do you go to local gyms? Depends where we're at but yeah, the local gym thing doesn't really happen too often but yep. it's more so due to the waiting period. There's there's rarely ever a, a week-long spell where you can kind of go hard out training. You're, you're normally on call, yep. you know, and there's a lay day and there's on call again tomorrow so you can never go too hardcore with the training and yep. you know you don't want to be sore obviously so it's yeah you travel with some travel you know in some training bands and balance mats and yeah and exercise foam rollers and, yeah, and things foam no rolls doubt and stuff but um and then i like to improvise too because you know it kind you of fits, fits more with where you're at and yeah training with you know in coral rocks on the beach at fiji and yeah just, you know make make fun of it too absolutely how important is nutrition for your athletes I feel like it's pretty. Um, it's pretty. Uh, it's not so. In, it's not introduced into surfing too much yet, mm. as much as other sports. Anyway, obviously everyone eats, you know, really healthy, and they. I might um, have to fix that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's um, probably due to the part of travelling. You know, when we go to some random spots and yeah, you know, in the produce court, are difficult to get and for sure, and airports, and airports, and you're on the road, yeah, and plane food and the whole deal. Like it's not impossible at all, yep. but it's um, it's definitely. If you become too strict on your on your diet, you might find becomes another stress. Yeah, it becomes another stress, and, and yep. I've actually seen it with a few friends over the years that got right into their diet, which was um, obviously a real positive thing when they were at home. And mm. then we went to a tiny little island in Brazil, and all you can get was a toasted sandwich for three days, and yeah. it was stuffed. It was yep. struggling, so yep. it's it's not uh, any excu- any excuse to just go on. No, yeah, but that's healthy. it's a very real struggle, though, that's isn't it? It's a real struggle you know? for sure. Like when, when in Rome, as the saying goes, yeah, you know, for it's, sure. It's one of those things that um, you know when you're in certain spots, you know, like I'll, I'll use France as an example. You know, it's very much a uh, 
a gluten-based diet and, yep. and um, you know, and cheeses and processed meats and things. Yep. And um, I can only imagine as an athlete and certainly for someone coaching athletes that the last thing you want to do is create another level of stress in mindset around, you know, unavailability of, you know, what should be good for me. Um, as a nutritionist, I find that um, it's just as important the way people feel about what they put in their foods, in, yep. the, in the food they put in their mouth, I should say, um, as actually what they put in their mouth, you yep. know, so that, that um, you know, um, what would you say, that cognitive um, yep. belief system and yep. patterning that comes in that I'm doing the right thing. So uh, I think that when you start looking um, in, uh, in athletes, that, that does become a different kind of struggle than, sure. I, than I might have with someone that just lives in their home and can cook five meals a day for themselves. For sure. It's, it's such a different, a different playing field when you're on the road all year. And, yeah, it's, it's really – yeah, it's, it's pretty new to – to surfing you know, and the whole diet thing and but within saying that everyone definitely tries to eat as healthy as they can and, th- and they're really aware of their diet and they um but no one's on the strict diet routine with um certain foods that well, not no one but you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty new in surfing and um Connor Coffin's right into his cooking and, and he's right into his um his health and his diet which is really cool it's opened my eyes a little bit more which mm. is good mm. he was shredding by the way I was, I was surprised how well he did here in Margs <laughs> yeah he's he, a really good surfer he was absolutely killing it I've never seen him live before it was a, a real treat to watch for sure he's got a good style but it's been uh, been most interesting Glenn really appreciate your time um, you got any knowledge bombs you need to impart before we leave or you think that um, you know leaving on the concept of balance is probably where it is where it's at that's that's where it's at I think and yeah and, and kind of don't focus everything towards the results. That's mm. that's my thing. If you kind of focus on the the journey and the preparation and the um and enjoying what you're doing, then you're gonna you're gonna be happy. At the end and of a lot anyway. of a lot of that too, I guess, needs to be a it, it's a longer vision, isn't it? You know, because when sure. when you look at results, you know, like what's a result? You know, like for instance, you know, Owen win snapper. It's a result, but there's you know yeah ten more that need to come. For you sure. Know? So. Yeah. Um, having too much elation over a single result um, sure. could cripple you, and I guess having too much dysfunction around a lack of result is just as crippling. For sure, yeah. So um, you know, keeping those blinkers open for the longer term. I know a lot of our listeners; it's the same scenario. It sort of crosses over into weight loss. If you've got forty kilos to lose, um, you know, there's no point having you know a sort of a degraded mindset around the fact that we only lost one this week. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Or, or we lost three. It's not good nor bad. It's just part of the longer process. For sure, yeah. If you're if you're doing everything you can to lose that weight or reach that goal or whatever and then that's yep. all you can do you can you know, you're doing what you can do and and enjoy the journey how can people follow um, your progress as a coach you know do you have uh, social media people can sort of jump on and like you know websites give yourself a good plug for us micro <laughs> no i don't like doing that come on mate this no. is your chance <laughs> no i don't know i just i just have an instagram account of um I think it's Micro Surf Academy, but yeah, nice. That's just full of fun stuff. Yeah, just nice. Filming the boys. Or, well, mate, it's, it's you know what it's sort of the vibe of what I've got from you today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you go into a podcast, you don't quite know the personality, you don't quite know how something will unfold, but it is refreshing and um, and uh, really nice to know that there's that lightness yeah. behind someone that's oh, in cool. the coaching. You know, because I, I just know that um, the minute money, fame, fortune, these sorts of things start to take hold, it's very easy to bog down in that seriousness, you yeah, know, for sure. um, having to look at it in a different right, uh, in, a, in a different light. And I, I heard Wilco, you know, saying the same thing. And I've been hanging out with Wilco's dad this last week, Neil, <laughs> Neil down there. He's been killing it. And uh, he sure. said the same thing, Matt. He's been trying to have more fun with his surfing. Yeah, you know? for and, sure. Well, that's why he picked up a board to start with, right? 100%. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's my goal. I, I want them to enjoy what they do and, and enjoy the... Enjoy the 
competitive side and enjoy the free surfing and enjoy hanging out. Yeah, cool. Good on you, Mike. I appreciate your time, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Hey, guys. Shannon here. And thanks for listening to today's episode with Glenn Hall. Before you go, I wanted to tell you a couple of things about Cell Charge that could change your life. Cell Charge is the world's most potent, organically sourced fulvic mineral supplement. If you suffer from low energy, fatigue, poor sleep, slow metabolism, stress, poor nutrition, or even if you're just looking to boost your overall performance in the gym, on the field, or in the office, I highly recommend trying Cell Charge. Get yours today at cellcharge.com.au. And don't worry about the AU, we ship worldwide. I'll see you guys next week on the Travelling Wellness Show.